gives you a dream, then you know for sure. Because you, your conscious is knocked out. So you're not interfering. Calling dreams, really important. The unsaved people, they get calling dreams all the time. All the time. So very often, people have dreams about their natural father. But actually, the natural father is representing God the Father in the dream. And it's God the Father saying, come, come, I'm inviting you, come, come, come. So a father in a dream can be the father, but he can also represent God the Father. Sometimes in dreams... The Holy Spirit is represented as a woman, a woman where um, you don't really see her face, you don't know who she is, but when you, when you think about her actions, she's always pointing to Jesus and helping along, and, and so it's representing the Holy Spirit, taking you by the hand, showing you where to go. So very often the Holy Spirit can be represented like that. Um, yeah, so it's just good to be aware of this father and this mother can be the spiritual aspect. It's the same when you have a dream and you have maybe siblings in your dream. They can represent themselves, but they could also represent um, your spiritual siblings, meaning your brothers and sisters in Christ. So... Yeah, it's good to remember that the, the people can represent like that. Back to the different kinds of dreams, just chatting with Chris at lunchtime and he's talking about how he gets all these designs. Well, one of the ways that God speaks to people in dreams is he gives people uh, business ideas, inventions, instructions. I hear, I've heard testimonies of people that have had a download at night of how to design a particular tool and they went on and, and, and made a million for the kingdom of God. God can do these things. God picks people and he gives them ideas like that. God gives people ideas, even he gives people ideas that are, are not saved. You know Paul McCartney's song yesterday? He got that in a dream. Yeah, so, I mean, God speaks, God gives people while they dream. When I was at university and I, was, I studied maths and I, I just couldn't get, I, there was a, I just couldn't figure out one of the exercises I was to do. But when I got up in the morning, I had the answer. <laughs> So God can speak in all sorts of ideas. The other thing we have here is warning dreams. I have been quite taken aback recently how many warning dreams God has given his people at the moment. And when uh, people send me dreams and I think, oh dear, that's another warning dream. I'm thinking, am I really getting this right? Is that another warning dream? But it is. I think this is the days that we live in. That uh, uh, God wants, there's so many things God has to warn us about. And uh, when we are awake, we don't always pay attention. So he does it through the night. So this is really important. Guidance. I've got a yes or no button here. Do you see that? A yes or no. Should I do this or should I do that? 
Is that the right job or is that the right job? Should I move to that house or that house? God can answer people in their dreams. Prayer assignments. This is the, this, please listen to this. Many of you will get dreams which will reveal tricky situations that other people are in. Most likely God is saying to you, pray for them, intercede. Rather than, no, no, he's not saying to you, you run away and tell them all about it and you're going to solve their problem. Most of these kind of dreams is for your prayer assignment. So just let's be careful that we don't run ahead of God. But God wants us to pray and he gives us prayer assignment. If he's a revealed an issue in another person to you, he's asking you to pray. Prayer changes things. Impartation. God imparts to you. How do you know that? It happened to Solomon. He got wisdom. My goodness, did he get wisdom. Way beyond any wisdom we have today. And he got that in a dream. I heard a testimony of somebody that was so desired to receive impartation of a healing gift for metal to dissolve. But he could just, every time he went um, there, Randy Clark was, Randy Clark was too busy and couldn't pray over him. And he's like, oh God, I so desire it. He had a dream. And in the dream, Randy Clark prayed for him. When he woke up, he said, thank you God, I've got the gift. So by faith you take it. Why? Because it is, God's, it is God's pleasure to give us gift. He says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. We have to learn to be greedy for spiritual gifts. I used to think, no, no, hold back and all this nonsense because we are taught sometimes to be so humble that we don't want spiritual gifts when God wants us to go for it. Because this is how we bring the kingdom of God here. So let's go for it. So you might not be able, you're in a lockdown, but God still speaks to you in dreams. You can get your impartation in a dream. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. And when you get it in a dream, it's real. It's real. Why? Because it was in the Bible. They received it in dreams. And so do we. Revelation. Very often, a scripture if I'm reading something and then the dream will actually give me a deeper understanding of that scripture. Because this is what God does. He gives us revelations of the word. Words of wisdom. Solutions to, I've got the solution to my maths problem. Words of knowledge. Um, when we were in India, no, when we were in Pakistan the first time, through the night, through the night I just knew it was a word of knowledge of something that had to be ministered to in a first meeting. I just knew that that's what it was. God gives us words of knowledge, something that has to be dealt with. It could be anything. It could be, you know, a healing of this or whatever. Words of knowledge, but God says. Music and songs, we've already covered that. So this is really, this is not a comprehensive list. I've got spiritual warfare as well. Spiritual warfare takes place while you're sleeping. When I go to sleep, I make it a habit to say, Lord, I'm trying to go to sleep. But my spirit, I don't want my spirit to be idle. I'm asking for you to take my spirit with you. You know, and Holy Spirit, that my spirit continue to work. 
This is why you should be waking up, or when you're waking up, you should be waking up speaking in tongues, because your spirit should be active. A third of our life we can be sleeping away. It's a third, there's a big chunk, so let's not waste it. Let's not waste our sleeping time. The body needs rest, the soul needs rest, but your spirit is always alive. Your spirit is always alive. You can have dementia, but your spirit will still be alive. Your spirit doesn't dull. So, spiritual warfare. Now, as a Christian, you may get spiritual warfare dreams where God allows you to see uh, demonic strongholds and things. Um, just in my little experience, it's like a human being, but then when you look at the face and when you see the eyes, you know that it's not human. And you know it's evil. So that's not, that is not a demonic attack on you. That is you doing spiritual warfare and God revealing and God allowing you to see things. And he will do that as you grow in your spiritual walk and you do not need to be in any fear. God allows you to see things as you mature and um, God teaches you spiritual warfare and in your dreams when you cast demons out you are actually moving demonic powers it's not just an imagination you are actually doing it you are doing it and you are doing warfare that is and that should be normal for Christians to be uh, taken possession, you see? So this spiritual warfare should be normal. And don't think that, oh, it's too scary, I did something wrong. No, you are maturing and God is using you in spiritual warfare. So that is real as well, because when God imparts things to you in dream, that's real. But then when you're fighting the enemy, that is also real. He talked about Jacob's ladder for a whole night, for a whole night. He was in warfare, and it's all through the scripture, so it's, it's nothing, um, nothing new. Okay, how are we doing? Are you all awake? At home, are you still with us? Okay, Beth, are you with us? This next example is an example of a picture that Bertha got um, many years ago for Asun. Do you remember this, Bertha? Yeah. Yes. So we had this prophetic day at church, and Bertha got a picture for this lady, and she said she saw her as a hummingbird. So I would like you to take a minute to yourself and think about what does that mean? You were asked to interpret what does that mean?
We already, in the earlier session, we looked at what birds can represent. So there was the blackbirds with got evil, but then there are some birds that are representing good things. If you went into your Bible app and typed in hummingbird in the Bible, it's not there. So, yeah. So, what I did was I went onto the internet, or if you had a book at home, you could look up what are the characteristics of a hummingbird. Because the Lord is saying that this dear lady is like a hummingbird. So therefore we want to know what the characteristics of a hummingbird are. Colors. Beautiful colors. That's true. Beautiful colors. The colors are there. So, looking up about the characteristics of a hummingbird, it says about the flight. A hummingbird's flight is its most unusual behavior. Hummingbirds are the only type of birds that can sustain long-term hovering. As they are acrobatic flyers, they can also fly backwards and change direction almost instantly. At times, hummingbirds can even fly upside down. Wow, wow, wow. Does that say something? Acrobatic. Yes. Wow, wow, wow. Now, flying, we already know, is about rising out of the flesh into the spirit. Psalm 55, 6, Proverbs 23, 5, Isaiah 40, 31. And it's also talking about being in the spirit. Matthew 3, 16, 4, 1, Luke 23, 46, Acts 8, 39. You can look them up later. So... This is talking about rising up out of the flesh into the spirit, being in the spirit, and that is the kind of maneuvering of flying that God is pinpointing because this is what is unique about this bird. Do you see how God is speaking through that? Do you see how descriptive that is? And of course, it's flying in the natural, it's being high up. Then I looked at what's the feeding of this bird. Hummingbirds eat almost exclusively nectar and insects, such as gnats and spiders. It eats spiders. Remember what spiders were? Evil, strongholds, demonic. This bird eats them. See how picturesque God is here. So... Eat, to eat means to consume, and the spiders is an issue or a stronghold, 2 Corinthians 10, and it can also represent lies and deceit, which also comes from the enemy, Isaiah 59. Gnats are something that bites, insects known to annoy and attack. So this is very, very powerful. Then I looked at the pollination. Like many insects, hummingbirds are critical for flower pollination. Critical for pollinations means it's critical for flowers to grow. What are the flowers? The flowers represent the righteous. Proverbs 14.11. It also represents prosperity. Psalm 12.12, 12, Psalm 103, verse 15, Isaiah 27.6. We're not looking the scriptures up today, but you can do that on, 
on your own, but they are there. This is the Bible. They are there. The flowers represent the righteous and they represent prosperity. So saying this bird is critical for the flowers, which is the righteous, for righteousness and prosperity. Then I look at the aggression. Many birds are aggressive and will drive intruders away from the territory. But the hummingbirds can be amongst the fiercest birds. Do you get it? Really powerful, isn't it? This is especially astonishing when the tiny size is taken into consideration. Many birders have observed hummingbirds successfully repelling much larger birds away from their preferred feeders and flowers. And they will even attack other animals and humans. So they're driving intruders away even if they're big and they're protecting their territory. So we have the overall meaning. Bertha just gets, God says you're like a hummingbird. What does that mean? So powerful. You've got a high spiritual calling of intercession with the ability to stay and maneuver in the spirit for a long time in high places, pulling down strongholds and lies, protecting taken territory, driving out any spiritual intruders, bringing life, growth, and prosperity to the righteous. Amen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Such richness. Wow. That's it. See how powerful it is. I love it. I love the prophetic. So powerful. So when you get a word, take it to heart. Investigate what does it mean. So here the Lord used a bird that has very unique characteristics, which is different from all the other birds. You see? So that's what you focus on. You say, well, what is this bird used for? You know, what is its characteristics? Because that is obviously what God is calling out in this word. All right. Hope you're all with us at home on Facebook. Hope you're following this. Now I want you to get paper and pen ready again for another exercise. So I'm going to um, read out this, um, this uh, vision and then we will be working two and two together for a few minutes to see what we think God is saying through this. This was the vision. I see you decorating the snowman. He already has all his things on. You're just putting on buttons. There are two buttons on. You're looking for the third one. But you're looking for a chocolate one. You have buttons, but they are not chocolate buttons. You're looking for the chocolate button. You want chocolate buttons. You want to do it perfectly. What does this mean? What is God saying? So we're going to go together. Maybe if you group with a different person from the last time. Two and two, and if we need to be free, we can do free, and then we'll come back in a few minutes and we'll see what 
What are the key things and what do they potentially mean? The right one. Okay. The right one. Let's reconvene and then just see what keys you might have, have so far. And um, let's hear. What did you think? Uh, any idea what the snowman is representing? Bertha? Something clean? Yeah, white as snow. White as snow. Any other ideas? Every Christian was washed by the blood of Jesus. That's Every Christian. Any other ideas? Uniqueness. Sorry? Uniqueness. Uniqueness. Okay, what is unique about a snowman? Chocolate. There's something quite unique about a snowman. It's temporary. Temporary. Yes. Temporary. This is the key to the entire story here. It's temporary. So we have here the snowman. You see him there on one day, but another day... He's half gone and eventually completely gone. The snowman is a temporary man, as it were. Then we have this thing about the buttons. And the person, the person was looking for the third button. What did number three signify? Trinity. God. The person... It's looking for the third button, but the third button could not be found. So this means the person was looking for God in the snowman, but it was not there because it was temporary. Do you get it? Looking, looking, looking. Because what kind of button was the person looking for? Chocolate. What's chocolate? Sweet. Sweet. So the meaning, you could say, you are playing with a temporary relationship. You're looking for the approval of God in it. But it is not there. You're looking for it to be sweet. You see how it's actually a serious message. It's a serious message. But I remember at the time there was lots of other people trying, helping with the interpretation and some of them came out with um, completely different interpretations. And we can have a tendency as human beings that we will pick the interpretation that tickles us the most. But we need to bear in mind that God will warn us and God will speak to us because he's our father and he wants the best for us. Sometimes we have to be prepared to be corrected. 
So, I think it was very powerful not to be ignored by the dreamer and interpretation is not to be watered down by the persons doing the interpretation because then the message is gone. Do you, do you see it now? Now that, you, now that you've seen the interpretation, do you see how that comes from the picture? The person is searching, wanting it to be sweet. Where's the third button? Because the third button represents the Trinity, represents God, but it's just not there. Which means God is not in it. And it's temporary. So it wasn't to be. It wasn't to be. Yeah. But there was a, yeah, you're playing with, you are playing with a snowman. You're playing with, so it is kind of, you see it's kind of like a relationship there in it. Yeah. Okay. Good. We're going to go on to another example. From here onwards, it's mostly examples so that we can really um, grow in it. Uh, here is catch the plane dream. Trying to catch a plane. There was a high fence and the plane was on the other side. A bit like that top picture there. You can see the plane but there's a huge fence. How would I get there? A man assisted me. He would show me the door, the door through and he gave me a paper ticket. There's a paper ticket there on the picture, the third pic, the middle picture. It's like a, these old-fashioned um, tickets, you know, when you had the paper tickets. The ticket was on fire. I kept trying to blow it out, but it would not go out, and still the flames came. I put the ticket against the wall to plunge the flames out, but the flames just kept coming. There was 15 minutes left to catch the plane. And the feeling in the dream was a strong sense of urgency. Strong sense of urgency to catch the plane. So, what could this mean? Person's trying to catch the plane, can see the plane, but there's a fence. So then a man comes and shows the door to get through and the man gives the dreamer a paper ticket and the t paper ticket is on fire. The dreamer tries to stamp out the flames but they just keep, keep, keep burning, 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 burning and there's a strong sense of urgency because there's only 15 minutes left to catch the plane. Okay, can you go into different twos this time? Or you can even go threes. Twos or threes. Twos or threes. Different group. And then we will um, work to see what you think this could mean. Okay. So let's look at this dream. Catch the plane dream. And we are off Facebook at the moment, but we'll catch up with them. So, again, planes, we've had a lot of planes on our examples. Planes, new spiritual heights. We had the fire. Oh, I shouldn't tell you this. I should wait for you to say. I forgot. <laughs> I'm forgetting. You got it already. <laughs> you got it. 
So Kingsley, what did you get from the dream? That's it there. Uh, sorry, wrong way. There. The ticket is the ticket is what you know gets you there, isn't it? So that's like your your spiritual calling on the ministry, and the urgency is there's not much time left. And fifteen means reprieve or mercy, because there's only fifteen minutes left. And the fire not going out is supernatural. That's the glory of God cannot be pulled out. And then the man. The man showed the dream on the door, and Jesus is the door to the man is Jesus. You know, it's the Lord showing the way, and you got that. So well done there. So really, you could say God is calling you to follow Jesus into new levels of supernatural ministry of the presence of God. There's an urgency to reach this, as there's not much time left, but His His grace is making it possible. I think you all got that. So well done. Give yourself a clap in the back. Okay, you did well. See, you're learning. You're learning. You're doing really well. We're going to do. We're going to have um, a five-ten minute break while we sort out also to get Facebook back up, and then we'll come back and we'll do some more examples. So you can go to the bathroom. You can have more tea and coffee and food, and then we'll be back in and and do the last section. Yes, everybody happy? Yes, yes good. So the rest of it is really all examples, because I think this is how you're learning. You're really excelling well.